pastors have it in Sacramento in this campus today, and the people viewing online who have been with us for the past few weeks, rumors have it that in this crowd we have a bunch of disruptors. Disruptors are individuals who do not tolerate the status quo. They somehow push back. And they push back on current paradigms, schemes, frameworks, the, the way things are done for so long. They don't even tolerate it. If it's not lined up with God's perfect will and destiny, they just can't tolerate anything that does not facilitate an atmosphere where God's glory shows up. These are disruptors. There are people here that you disrupt the way things happen in your family, your home, your marriage, your career, your job. You are misunderstood. Some people think that you're just cuckoo for Cocoa Puff. Other people think that you're a bit presumptuous, and you're not. You're not doing it to irk people. You're not doing it to anger people. You're just doing it to push people towards their destiny and to live God's ordained purpose. These are the people that have a hard time staying quiet. Especially in the face of injustice or when it doesn't line up with the word of God and the will of God and the way of God. So we've been covering, today's the final week before we get into our Christmas break. And we're covering David. David was this shepherd boy. Can you have that shepherd's bag? You have that? David, I'm going to just wear it. This is, this is my, my man bag today. Here's little girl. Jane. Yeah. It's Pastor Elijah saying GQ. Anybody? This, so this is David, 21st century. And this shepherd boy, he would walk around with a staff and with a, a shepherd's bag. And this David became the quintessential disruptor of his generation. Matter of fact, as you well know, I'm not going to go the entire story again. We have a bad guy named Goliath. We have David who's a shepherd boy who's already anointed. That means God said, tag, you're it. Uh, that's when God plays tag. You're it. You're it. Okay, you're it. And his brothers had issues because God chose him. How many know favor is not fair? And, and so when God said, you're it, you're it. So and, and his brothers, you know, and especially his older brother, had some issues, some jealousy issues. And we talked about that last week. And David comes along. And we, lied, we closed up last week with David looking at Saul, and King Saul finally shows up. There's Goliath, his people, the Israelites, were about to fight the Philistines, led by the giant named Goliath. And, and King Saul, the king of Israel, David's king, King Saul, looks at David. David says, King, I'm going to help you. I'm going to defeat the giant. I'm going to defeat your giant. I'm going to take care of him for you. I'm going to defeat this giant named Goliath. And King Saul, 1 Samuel 17, 33, King Saul says, as we alluded to last week, don't be ridiculous. Not going to happen. And, and it's, not, it's no way you can do it. One version says, don't be outrageous. It's not going to happen. And, of course, David defeated Goliath. Last week, we wrapped, we wrapped up with the, the catchphrase for every single person in this church for 2020. And for everyone watching that's part of this church, viewing online around the world. Your catchphrase for 2020 is, watch me. So... Real simple. It's worth reiterating. When you are told you can't do it, 
When someone tells you, no, it's impossible. You're never going to achieve your dream. You're never going to live out your purpose. You're never going to see that, that mountain conquered. You're never going to have that relationship. You're never going to live that life close to God. You're never going to change the world. You're never, you're never, you're never. You can't, you can't, you can't. No way, no way, no way. Instead of getting angry, just tell them, watch me. How many believe with me that 2020 will be the watch me year? Watch me. Watch me conquer that mountain. Watch me possess the promise. Watch me. Watch my entire family be saved in one year. Watch me live a holy, healed, healthy, happy, humble, hungry, honoring life. Watch me magnify Jesus. Watch me live out in Jesus. Watch me forgive and heal and like Jesus. Just watch me. Watch me go from glory to glory. Keep your eyes on me. Dare you, one, just look at your neighbor tell him, keep your eyes on me. Watch me. Watch me. Watch me, watch me, watch me. I'm about to glorify Jesus. I'm about to become a walking billboard for the power of God. A walking testimony for the glory of Christ. Watch me. And then when they criticize you and say it's all about you, this watch me thing is about you instead of about Jesus. Wrong. 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1, Paul said, be imitators of... Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. 21st century application in the lexicon. Watch me as I live like Jesus, as I act like Jesus, as I preach like Jesus, as I forgive like Jesus, as I heal like Jesus. Watch me. That's your catchphrase. The next thing that happens is pretty remarkable. Verse 38 and 39. Here it is. Saul says, all right, I'm going to listen to you. Your testimony, you defeated the bear and the lion. You convinced me. Let me help you out, son. So King Saul says, you want to fight that giant? Here, you're going to have to use my armor. So King Saul takes off his armor, places it on David, and says, here, fight the giant with my armor. In layman's terms, fight that giant with my stuff. David puts on the stuff. Realizes... Real simple, three words. That's not me. You can't fight your giant using someone else's anointing. That's a mic drop right there. In the old school, that would have been a mic drop, a praise break, and maybe a runner on aisle three. You, you, that possibly... That's because you can't fight the giant using someone else's anointing. You can't fight the giants using someone else's armor. The problem is you've been brought down. You've been boggled down. People with good intentions place their stuff on you. Underneath the drama, there is destiny. Nope. You got to remove. You got to be willing to take off what people placed on you. What did people place on you? What are definitions people placed on you? Ideas people placed on you? The same King Saul who said you weren't going to do it. By the way, the number one King Saul who talks to you and tells you you're not going to do it, it's not someone outside of you. It's in your mind. Everyone here has a King Saul. You have a moment in your mind where you tell yourself you can't do it, you won't accomplish it. And, and are you with me? The number one Saul you have to rebuke is the Saul up here. The one that tells you you can't. You got to tell yourself, watch me. But, but now with the armor, you got to be able to take off what does not line up with your destiny. If it's, you can't fight a giant with someone else's praise. You can't fight a giant with someone else's. You have to take it off. Here's what I'm believing. 
You're going to take off before this year is over. You're going to remove from your life the stuff that has been placed upon you, that has been holding you down. You don't need someone else's armor. You have your own anointing. You have your own experience. You have your own testimony. Anybody here have your own testimony? You can't live off your mom's spirituality. You can't live off your daddy's prayer life. It's time for you to man up and woman up, woman. It's time for you to get your own anointing and get your own armor. You, you've been living off your... You, there's a story. I'm not saying this. It's a matter of anecdotal extrapolation from data that you can acquire via the conduit of Google. There is a generational dynamic that is very unique to the current generations that are living. Back in previous generations, when you would turn 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, you would probably, you know, leave the premises through a school, university, or via the conduit of marriage, and you would leave home. This is the first time in history, at least in recent history, or modern history better yet, where, where there are, and I'm not judging anyone, but there are 35, 38-year-old people still living at home with mom and dad. And, and because, and it, I'm not judging it. I'm just saying it's, it's, a, it's, it's a unique thing. If you're one of them, I'm not judging you. I'm just telling you what data says. I'm not saying it's bad or good. And it's a very unique thing. And there's a little bit of a pushback in the past couple of years where there's a parental group even emerging saying there's actually a parental support group for parents who have kids over 35 who are still living at home with them. And, and they have their own support group because they're saying, you know, these individuals are, could be living, they should do their own and produce and create, but they're not because they're dependent. And there's a who. So spiritually speaking, there's a problem when you're already and, and you're still living off somebody else's prayer and breakthrough and, and you depend on other people to get your own there comes a moment where God looks at you and says that was good for that season not anymore now you're going to have to get your own armor get your own anointing why don't you praise your way out and praise your way out and worship your way out and prophesy your way out why don't you somebody look at your neighbor tell them get your own get your own armor you can't fight the giant using someone else's stuff. Have to get your own anointing. First John 2, 27, get your own anointing. So David took it off. He took it off. That's not me. Somebody say, that's not me. Again, you've got to take off definitions, nomenclatures, descriptors, words, ideas, prejudices, biases, myopic way of thinking that someone may have placed on you. Tell them that's not me. The moment you kill, you'll never knock down the giant until you remove the armor that does not line up with your purpose. Never, ever, ever. It's not me. And then, then, then it happened. Then here comes my favorite part. Verse 40. So he took off the armor. This is crazy. He takes off the armor and says, I have something better than this armor. Mm -hmm. So he goes to a brook. Goes to a brook. And... And he finds some stones. Hold on to my pouch here. Mm -hmm. He gets some stones here. That's full of stones here. And then he picks up stones, puts it in his shepherd's bag. Picked up five. Picked up five. Five stones. Now, if David was so confident that God was going to knock down 
Goliath. Why would he pick up five? He picked up five. Well, if he's so confident that this is the God that gave him the victory over the bear and the lion, why couldn't he just pick up one? So he picked up five. Anybody know why he picked up five? Hmm. Anybody know? There's been speculation out there. Anybody? See, see, that's what you've heard in church. And we are a church. Therefore, we can hear it here. <laughs> that he had brothers. I mean, that's, did he have brothers? Yes. Does it, does it say that's the reason he picked it up? No, but people assume, you know, it's, it's okay. It, it's, it's cute. <laughs> Another cute thing you hear at church is that, well, in the New Testament application of the five-fold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, hey, glory to God. He picked it up as a foreshadowing of a metaphor, a prophetic metaphor of what's forthcoming via the incarnation of God through Christ Jesus. And when Jesus, I'm spitting like a Pentecostal preacher. <laughs> nah, well, okay, it's cute. I'm not judging that either, but I will tell you why he picked them up. Ready? Why did he pick up five and not just one? Why? No, but it doesn't say that. Just simple. He just picked up five, right? Instead of what? Real simple. Just to convey the message. I just don't have one stone. Oh, you missed it. Hey, I didn't, I'm just not ready for this giant alone. If any other giant gets in my way, I'm preaching to seven people right now. God's not looking for the one stone Christian. God is not looking for the one stone Christian. He's looking for the Christian that says, I have enough stones in my shepherd's bag. That giant in my family, he's coming down. That If a giant comes against my children, he's coming down. If a giant comes against my grandchildren, he's coming down. If a giant comes against my health, he's coming down. If a giant comes against my marriage, he's coming down. If a giant comes against my nation he's coming down are there any people in the house who have more than just one stone if that's you praise like you have more than one praise worship like you have more than one worship rejoice like you have more than one stand with me I told you it was brief today I wasn't playing I don't play. That's it. Are there any questions? No question? Are we getting? Oh, you want to sit? All right, sit down. She wants to sit. Sit down, I guess. Sit down for a second. Go ahead. She wants to sit. I don't play. Go, go sit. Good. You want to stand? I just want to show you something. Look, I'm, I really am done here because this is, this, is this is the highlight. I'm going to show you something. Watch this. We have too many one stone Christians. We have too many Christians that once they get rid of that one stone, that's all they have. David was so, so prophetic. I just don't got one, baby. I got one for that. But somewhere down the road, some of the giants may show up. I'm already ready. Anybody getting this with me? I feel an anointing. By the way, Pastor Sam, what happens when I run out of stones? No worries. 
I know where to find the brook. It's not about the stones. It's about the brook. As long as I know how to get to the river, I know where I can find the stones. The river represents the presence of God. John chapter 7 verse 38. Those that believe out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. In the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. There is power. There is grace. There is mercy. There is truth. There is forgiveness. As long as you know how to get to the brook, you will never run out of stones. I'm going to repeat that. As long as you know how to get to the brook, you will never run out of stones. Let me say that one more time. Why am I repeating it? Because some people forgot how to get to the brook. Some of y'all, your GPS messed you up. Some of you, your Google Maps somehow got messed up when you downloaded Waze. And now you're getting lost. And you don't know how to get to the brook. And you ran out of stones. And the reason the giants are occupying your territory is because you have a bag that's empty. And you're walking around with a bag that's empty. No stones. I'm not going to be a one stone Christian. I'm ready for everything that stands up and obstructs the fulfillment of whatever dares to come against us. Against the truth and the grace and the mercy and the love and the purpose of Jesus in me, with me, and through me. I'm going to knock that thing down. Are you with me? I'm going to ask one more time, right here and online. If you are a one-stone Christian, I want you to sit down. If you are not a one-stone Christian and never will be for the rest of your life, what does that mean? Every time you go to the brook, pick up more than one stone. Are you getting this right now? Every time you go to the brook, pick up more than one stone. Pick up as many as your bag can handle. My God. Pick them up. If, if you are not a one stone Christian, but your bag is full of stones, of impartations, of biblical truths, of God's grace and favor, raise one hand. If you're full of the grace, the gift, and the glory of God, these are God's stones in you. Raise both hands. Watch this. I'm done. I'm really done. I told you to stand up. Because I love Pastor Mercedes and I don't play. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Right there, right there, right there. Watch this, watch this. He takes out one. Before he chucks it, Pastor Nathan, he does this. Few people realize this. He looks at Goliath and he speaks prophetically. I'm not making this up. Read it. He looks at Goliath and says, Today, the Lord's going to give me, you are going to be in my hands. By the time this is over, I'm going to cut off your head. I'm going to take off your head. I'm going to bring you down. Be Why? Because he prophesied it. He let everyone know, I'm about to do this to you next. Why? Go back, go back, go back some verses. Goliath did the same thing to them. Goliath prophesied to them. 
Goliath said, I'm going to devour you. I'm going to cast you. I'm going to tear you apart. I'm going to, I'm going to kill you. And, and, and so now David says, I'm not going to let you have the final word. Before I kill you, I'm going to counter the word you released upon us. You need to open up your mouth and look at everything that stands in your way. Before you defeat it, you need to look at it and say, I'm about to bring you down. I'm about to kick you out. Hey, devil, I'm about to kick you out of my family in such a way you're never going to be able to touch my family ever again. Or are you open up your mouth and begin to decree, to declare, to establish. But open up your mouth. It requires this. Faith declaration. Ha. I'm about to kick you out. We're done. Goliath hated David because he was young and good looking. I know the feeling. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm, 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 Nathan told me to say this. I'm, I'm just... Ready? Um, Nate, come up here. Let's play catch. Nathan, you're Goliath. Close your eyes. Be careful what you volunteer for. So ready for this? We're done, but can you look up here a second? I hope you're getting this. Watch this. David, shepherd's bag, right? Smooth stone. I'm not even going to talk about the fact that it was smooth. If it was rough, it would penetrate the skin. I'm not going to get into that. This is the process made it smooth. And you're going to use the process to produce something where God will only get the glory for the outcome. <laughs> Different preaching for the day. But watch this. Watch David. He takes a stone and he throws it, right? So throws it. Now this is the crazy part. Watch this. I, I will argue that David could have done this just like he did, right? And we don't know how far he was. But, but we, David, I argue that David could have been all the way back here and chucked it and it would have landed in the same spot. I would argue I could go out the building right now. David could have been all the way out, thrown the stone and the stone would still have ended up in Goliath's head. I would argue that David could have been really, 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 really like, and gone like, And it still would have landed in his head. Why? Because the moment David let go of it, I mean, let me show you. The moment he let, after it left his hand, after he released it, after he releases it, right? It's no longer under his control. I'm done. I'm done. All you have to do is release it. Oh, man. All you need to do is release it. No, no, release it. The Bible says bind and release. What you bind shall be bound. What you release shall be. Release it. Once you let it go, it's not up to you. God will make sure it lands where it needs to land. Release it. Release the word. Release the promise. Look at your neighbor. Tell him release it. No, no. Tell him release it. Once you let go of it. It's no longer in your control. I'm done. I really am done. Stay right here, sunshine. 
Put that on you. I'm going to tell you what the problem is. Remember how I told you that if you ever run out of stones, as long as you know how to get to the brook, as long as you know how to get back to the presence, we have an easy way when we're lost, by the way. Just call upon the name of the Lord, and you shall be saved. So whenever you're lost, if you can't find the brook, just say, Jesus, and the brook will come to you. That's called the grace of God. In the Old Testament, you had to get to the brook. In the New Covenant, watch this. I really am done. I told you to release it, right? We have a bunch of Christians that are either this, one stone believers, or the opposite, the other extreme. They have a bag full of stones, and they don't want to release them. They're walking around with this bag full of stones. And, and all they're doing is, I have promises. I have promises. In 1937, God gave me a word. Have you acted on the word? Have you walked in the word? Have you done the word? Did you take a step by faith and start activating the word? We have a bunch of people with bags full of rocks, man. Releasing nothing. How do you release it? Through your confession, through your prayer life, through your praise, through your worship, through how you treat others. You release it. So God's telling you today, you are a disruptor. You know where the brook is at. Don't be a one stone Christian. I want to clarify for those of you outside of Sacramento area. I said, do not be a one stone Christian. I am not saying, do not be a Christian that gets stoned one time. For all the people from Berkeley, that's not what I said. Do not be a one-stone Christian. Real simple. The brook. He threw it, knocked him down. One of the verses that few people preach upon is when he declares. He defeated him without a sword. It blew me away. He killed him. And the Bible says what he lacked or did not have. In other words, what other people perceive you need in order to accomplish your purpose. God says, even without that, your giant was defeated. I am going to, the Lord says, I'm going to do what I'm going to do with you and through you, even without the things that other people think you need. Did you get this? If you're getting this, raise one hand and repeat after me. Even without that sword, my giant is coming down. That's a word for someone here. That's a word for someone here. And David did this. He literally looked over him, took his sword, not David's sword, Goliath's sword. He used... Goliath's own sword to cut off his head. You're a disruptor. You don't do things the way others do it. You are not normal. You don't see things the way other people see things. You don't go to the brook and pick up one stone. 
you pick up as many stones as your shepherd's bag can carry. Because you and I both know that there may be some other giants that will emerge along the way. Not maybe, again, but against your loved ones and people you love. And you're going to need some more stones. And if you ever run out of stones, as long as you know how to find the... You'll never run out of stones. If you receive this entire word, can you give God one praise that lets him know that this word is for you? So when I preach this message, I, I, I finish with this little ceremony. Everybody pick up one stone from your shepherd bag. Do it right now. Go to your bag. Well, what bag, Pastor Sam? It's a metaphor. <laughs> you want to look at the bag? What's the shepherd's bag? Right here. Everything you pick up, you deposit in this. It's here. It's in your faith life. It's in your spiritual life. Pick up that stone. Let me, let me see. You have it? I'm going to confess, this has been a year, Pastor Phyllis, where a couple of Goliaths came up. I'm going to be honest. This is, I'm just speaking out loud. I, more giants showed up this year than arguably never, ever before in my life. And I'm going like, thank God my shepherd's bag was full. And thank God that when I ran out of stones, I immediately went to the brook. <laughs> And then God, I would be picking this stuff up and God would say, the smooth ones, Sam, the smooth ones. The ones that went through a process. Oh, I love him so much. I love him so much. I love him. Picked up the stone. So I'm going to do it with you, if you don't mind. When I count to three, I want you to look at whatever final giant needs to come down in 2019. Because you're stepping into 2020 is the year of watch me. Amen. And by watch me, it's not about you again. It's about being imitators of Christ. We understand that. But it's the year of watch me. You're going to surprise so many people. It's the year of 2020 vision. Yeah, we get it. You're going to see God, and people are going to see Christ in you, with you, and through you. So pick up your stone. When I count to three, you know what it is. It could be an addiction. It could be a broken relationship. Maybe your heart was broken this year. Maybe something happened medically, physically financially, whatever it may be that you're facing right now, your integrity walk. You're not living in perfect alignment to God's word and will. You know it. You're not living right with God. And, and he loves you. So he, you know, he's still, and you know it, and you want to be right with him. And you want him just to forgive your sins and wash you. And you want things to be right with you and God. And right with others. Yeah, let's, the count of three, all I want you to do is take that stone and just go like this, release it. And it doesn't matter. Matter of fact, some of you, I shall do it like this. Some of you should go like, do it however you want, just don't throw stones at your neighbor. Because then you're going to hear Jesus saying, you without sin. Get it? We're allowed to throw stones to Goliath, not to each other. All right, here we go. Ready? Pick up the stone. At the count of three, release it. I'm with you. One, two. Oh, I am not kidding. 
Prophetically speaking, in Jesus' name, I kid you not, every giant is coming down right here, right now, in the next 30 seconds. Every one of them. Everyone watching online, he's coming down. One, two, three, go! Give God your best shout of praise! You receive this word, raise your hand. Repeat after me. I receive this word. I am a disruptor. In Jesus' name, I am anointed to change the world around me. I am changed by God to change the world around me for God. Today, my shepherd's bag is full of stones, smooth stones that have been through the process. I am not afraid of the giants that stand before me. I will not be defined by the giant that stands before me. I will be defined by the stone that brings them down. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hello, disruptors. Let's do this.